Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Another Retirement Toolbox Podcast coming at you today. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management with an office in Strongsville, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area. Also an office down in the Bradenton, Florida area as well. You can listen to past episodes of the show and learn more about Scott and the team by going to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. Scott, you ready for another fun show this week? Absolutely. I always look forward to it. Well, we've got another great show on the way on today's program. In a little bit, we're going to talk about when it's time to fish or cut bait, how to get unstuck on some of those financial questions and decisions that you might be stalling out a little bit on. How can you get unstuck from those decisions? Why are you getting stuck in the first place? We'll look for some solutions coming up on today's show in just a little bit. And when we get to know Scott a little bit better today, we're talking about movies. So that should be fun as well. Stick around for that. We're going to mix things up today and open up with a question from you. It's time to check out the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. We love taking your questions. You can submit one if you'd like it to be considered for a future show on skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. This one comes to us from Arnold in Gates Mills. And Arnold says, a financial advisor once told me to consider doing a stretch IRA. But I heard something a few weeks ago that said new decisions from Congress might end this option. Can you shed any light on that strategy and if it's going to be around anymore? Well, Arnold, you definitely uh, seem to be an informed individual. And for everybody that doesn't know, what a stretch IRA is, is that when you inherit an IRA, and this is a non-spouse inheritance, so it would be like from your mother, your father, for instance, you can inherit the IRA. And instead of taking all that money out, the current rules are you take it out in a lump sum and you pay taxes on it. You take it out over a five-year time period and you pay taxes over that five-year time period. Or now you can do what's called a stretch where you take it out over your lifetime and it's based on your life expectancy. So if a child inherits their parents' IRA and they're 45 years old, well, now they have to take out a little bit of money every year for the next you know, whatever their life expectancy would be in order to still maintain that tax deferral inside that IRA. Now you can take out a lump if you want. If you need to get, you know, 10 grand out of it, you can do that too. There's no 10% penalty when you're stretching on the IRA. So it's a very powerful tool to allow us to spread that tax liability when people inherit IRAs instead of just paying all that money over that lump sum or, or five years. But the House Ways and Means Committee recently passed what they call the Settling Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act of 2019. That's, that's, a, that's a, a great full. name. Wow. Yeah. But they call it the SECURE Act. So that if it's a S-E-C-U-R, it spells out SECURE. A little bit easier. So, yeah. So we can call it the SECURE Act, but it's meant to strengthen people's retirement savings. And right now... 
the way it's laid out now is they would change the the age in which you need to take required minimum distributions from 70 and a half to 72. They would allow some penalty-free withdrawals for adoptions and births. But one of the things that's buried deep in the legislation is the elimination of the stretch IRA. What they're going to counter that with is instead of that taking it out over five-year rule, they're going to change that to 10. So you know, the elimination of the stretch rule is certainly a, a hit to a lot of people that are trying to defer some of those taxes. And you have to understand, you know, the government right now is pulling up the couch cushions, looking for change underneath there to try to scrape out extra dollars. So, you know, if they can make you pay taxes on that IRA sooner as opposed to later, that's more revenue they're going to get. Now, it's got a long road ahead. It does have bipartisan support but there's not a great lobby group that's trying to keep the stretch IRA. So it would be a shame if we lost that planning tool. And as far as doing a stretch IRA now, I would certainly think if you start one or you're in a stretch IRA, historically, they've always grandfathered existing ones. So if you start it, I'm sure more than likely that you would be grandfathered in and would not have to break it and take that money out over 10 years or something like that. But never say never, but it's certainly a nice planning tool now that hopefully it doesn't go away. It's so helpful to get that kind of uh, back-end ideas and guidance. I know a lot of people are at different ends of the spectrum, Scott, when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, some people are, are have their ear to the ground, so to speak, to look for these changes, and they, they kind of dabble in some of the, the rules and the buzzwords, like a, a stretch IRA as a great example, a technique that might get used, but one that people often don't really know about until they really meet with an advisor and kind of go through the planning process, whereas others are at the other end of the spectrum as well, they may not know anything when it comes to the different financial products and, and things like that. They may know that, okay, I've got a 401k and I've got to do something with this money at retirement, but I really don't know much beyond those very basics. How do you help kind of, I guess, navigate through those waters knowing that you could get a call or get an inquiry from somebody at, at either end of that spectrum? Is your process designed to kind of help the person who needs the layman's terms and also those who have done a lot of their own research as well? Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. And what I think it comes back to is just getting to know that individual and getting to know that individual's personal situation. Because for some people, that stretch IRA is going to be good. For other people, it's not. And whether or not that person is familiar with what a stretch IRA, they may come in and say, hey, you know what? I want to do a stretch IRA. But when we take a, and dig a little bit deeper, maybe that doesn't necessarily make sense for their situation. Maybe it makes more sense for us to get some of those taxes out of the way now because they're going to be in a lower tax bracket. And then they're going to increase the tax bracket later on for whatever reason. So maybe we, we want to take care of that now as opposed to delay it. So everybody's situation is different. And you'll by getting to know everybody and what they're trying to accomplish, you know, that's where we can lay everything out. And if you come in and you think stretch IRA is a yoga move, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to uncover those opportunities for you and let you know what's available to you. I love it. The yoga move sounds fantastic. That's the kind of financial plan that I want, the yoga plan. <laughs> I can't yoga's way too hard for me though. Yeah, I've never I've never actually done yoga. It seems like people like it, so maybe I should try it. I've heard of hot yoga, right? And that where you just you just you go you go sweat while you do yoga. It's it's another yeah, thing. Yeah, my kids have done that. And I've done yoga a couple times and it, it you have to be so strong to do it. It's crazy. My kids have done hot yoga and now they actually have goat yoga. Wait, what? 
goat yoga where you do yoga with goats like goats will like stand on you while you're doing these moves and i i guess goats are soothing creatures or i'm not sure the logic behind goat what? yoga but google it there's literally something i'm called not goat believing yoga. you there, there's a place in town that does goat yoga you're kidding me no no and that's when you said to yourself, that's where I went wrong with my kids when they started doing goat yoga, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. How about that? Goat yoga. You learn something new every day, don't you, Scott? Boy, you know what? The Retirement Toolbox podcast, not only do you learn financial stuff, you learn the newest exercise trends. I mean, I'm, come on. I'm pulling up videos of goat yoga right now. It says it's the latest craze. See? See, we're I'm, we're at the cutting edge here. You've got to be kidding me! Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, they're going to have all sorts of animal yogas now. Now that goat yoga is taking off, who knows what will be next? Tiger yoga. We'll just let the tiger walk around on your back. <laughs> gorilla yoga could be dangerous too. Yes, very much so. Awesome. Thanks for that nugget. I will take that and run with it. Great mailbag question today, and my goodness, goat yoga. Glad that we uh, discovered that nugget on today's show. We've got a lot more to get to. In fact, now we're going to get to know Scott just a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Scott Searles a little bit better on today's show. My question for you this week, Scott, has to do with the movies, something nice and light and fun for you this time. What would you say is a movie that you could watch multiple times? Maybe it's one that you do watch multiple times and you still enjoy it every single time you see it. You know what? I really like spy movies. So okay. every time I'm flipping through that guide, if I run across one of those Jason Bourne, you know, the Bourne identity uh -huh. and... and I love those ones as well as any of the James Bond movies. So if I see one of those, I'll just sit and watch it. I can watch those things a hundred times and something just fascinates me. Maybe deep down inside, I should have been a spy or something. I don't know, but I just love those <laughs> Maybe movies. you are, and this is your cover. <laughs> no one will ever know. No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So you like the, the classic James Bond, but also sort of the new age, uh, the, the Born Identity series type uh, type movies. Huh? Yeah, I, I like all of them. And, and I, I think it's because I like action movies. So I, I, you know, there's action in there and there's a little bit of suspense too, you know, because he's, you know, they're usually hiding or they're trying to get the bad guy. So, you know, it's just, it is everything I like in a movie. Perfect. Well, there you go. That's an easy choice. Those are always on TV to usually catch and watch. And so not a bad uh, movie to like watching over and over when it does kind of get thrown in front of you all the time. Just like, you know, the Jaws and the Wizard of Oz. It's like, OK, they're going to be on every year, a couple times a year. You can pretty much guarantee you're going to catch a little bit of it. Yeah, and the thing is, too, a lot of the times they'll do marathons, especially with the James Bond, you know, there Memorial you Day weekend or whatever. It's like you can watch James Bond from like <laughs> three in the morning to midnight. You That's know, right. it never stops. So sometimes that puts a crimp on me getting some things done around the house. But uh, you can get your yeah, fill, I, though. I, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, there you go. James Bond and the Bourne Identity series. That's what uh, Scott can watch over and over. What about you? Let us know what movies you could watch over and over again by uh, commenting on the podcast or uh, shooting us a note on the website. Links in the description of today's show. So that's getting to know Scott just a little bit better on today's show, our getting to know you segment. It's now time to move on to our main topic of the day. And you might have seen it in the headline and description of today's show. We're going to talk about when it's time to fish 
or cut bait. This is about when you get stuck on financial decisions. And I think for some people, Scott, the biggest problem with their financial planning from what we've seen over the years isn't just that people are making wrong decisions. In fact, many of the time, it's just that they're failing to make decisions at all. And sometimes you just have to finally fish or cut bait or uh, poop, if you will, and get off the pot. You know that saying. Uh, you know, decide and move forward is the key here. So I want to discuss some of the things that can cause the decision-making process to stall and how you can get unstuck. But before we dive into the actual you know, causes of these things, are you in agreement, Scott? Have you seen this, that a lot of people just get stuck on making a decision at all and not necessarily the wrong one? Yeah, you know what? And by the way, thanks for making this a kid-friendly podcast with your use of the word poop. That, that was very nice. Poop, Thank you. Poop, I poop emoji it. or get off, right? And all of our 12-year-old listeners will certainly appreciate that. That's right. That's uh, right. Although we, ha- we right. have no FCC to answer to, so we could have you know, we could have taken it in a different direction if we wanted to. <laughs> exactly. But uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, people get paralyzed by money a lot. I mean, it's just something that they sometimes don't want to deal with or, you know, based on their upbringing, it's very confusing for them and they just don't deal with it until it's too late sometimes. Yeah, that's a really good point. So that's what we want to try and solve that problem, how you can get unstuck. So let's look at the causes and then maybe some solutions to why these things happen in the first place, what we can do about them. And often I think people will point to the cause of, you know what, there are just too many decisions to make. This feels like my wife and I, you know, whenever we decide let's go out to eat tonight and then we just end up driving around all over town as we keep debating where to go out to eat. Well, there's just so many choices. We can't decide on one. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't make financial decisions because they're also afraid to make the wrong decision. So they get scared and make no decision whatsoever because there are a ton of different decisions to make when it comes to retiring. I mean, when you're going to take your Social Security, different options on your pension, how you can get safe, reliable income, you know, how much insurance do you need? And then there's a lot of things that, you, you don't know, you don't know. So there's things that you haven't even thought of yet that will cause you not to make decisions, you know, minimizing taxes, things in the future. And, and people may make you aware of these things. And, and that just makes that problem worse. You know, a story, I, I had a client came to me in his late sixties and he had known for years and years that he needed to do something. But he never really came in until he was almost 70 years old. He'd been retired for years. And, you know, he actually missed a lot of opportunities, planning opportunities that he missed out on because he simply just delayed making any decisions. We probably could have uh, created more Social Security money for him. He was paying a little bit more money in in taxes he needed to. He, He was investing a little bit too conservatively. And, you know, literally, it cost him probably tens of thousands of dollars in lost income in his retirement. That's uh, significant. That's a huge, huge amount of money. Absolutely. And, you know, I think when there's all these decisions to make, people just tune them out and say, there, it's just too much. I'll deal with it later. Yeah, it's unfortunate when that ends up being the case. And again, no decision is a decision in and of itself. And sometimes it may work out, but you're rolling the dice and it may take you in the the wrong direction as well. So sometimes there's just too many decisions to make. Other times it's just overwhelming. People feel like there's way too much research 
that they have to do. Or maybe it's that they've done so much research. It's uh, paralysis by analysis, right? That was the first thing that popped in my head. Paralysis <laughs> by analysis. It's a fun buzzword, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and the internet's obviously made this worse. You know, the days of when you'd have to go to the library and look stuff up, people did a lot less of it. But now you can sit anywhere on your, you can be sitting at, on the couch or, or sitting in a waiting room or hopefully not driving your car. But I mean, you can check the internet anywhere. And the thing about doing all that research is that when you find stuff on the internet, everybody has a different point of view. And you don't know if their people are qualified or what their intentions are. Are they trying to sell something? So, you know, everybody is going to have an opinion and everybody's situation's different. Your situation's different than mine's, different than one of my clients. So different things apply to different people. So when you do all this research, a lot of the times you're researching something that doesn't even apply to you. And you find one person says that this is a good idea to do it this way. Another person says it's a bad idea to do it that way. So what happens? You just don't do anything because you don't know which way to go. So you do all this research and I had a guy come in and he had all these printouts and articles and things that he had done previous to meeting with me. He's like, well, what about doing it this way? What about this? What about this? And you know what? Half of it didn't even apply to him. And the other half were just, you know, very simple ways of doing things that really were not going to help him out as much as they could. So, you know, doing all this research, you get all this information and it's a good idea to obviously educate yourself. I want all my clients to be educated about what we're doing and why we're doing it. But when you start doing too much research and overthinking things, you just shut down. It's not a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a great point that you make, and it's one that we need to keep in mind. You realize through these first couple of examples, we're talking about too much, right? So there's too many decisions to make. Too much research can be done that can also bog people down. And then you talked a little bit about this already. I had it on on the list as well as the third item, and you, you kind of already touched on it, but just general confusion or people are afraid of making a mistake or just general confusion. Maybe they have a preconceived notion about something. And that turns out to be wrong. And so it just leads to this sort of general feeling of confusion for folks. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to doing any financial decisions or retirement planning, you know, it's not always just black and white. And I think that people do get confused about money issues. A lot of people don't want to deal with math. Me, I love math. I can't write a letter, but man, I can do math. You know, and they get confused, so they simply just don't deal with it. And, and a lot of times, too, you know, depending on how they were raised, you know, they never really talked or dealt much with money. So that kind of makes the situation a little bit worse sometimes, where people have these preconceived notions of things and, and they have these ideas saying, that's bad to do this, or I should do this all the time, or I should save all my money in my 401k, or I should do this or that. And they simply just, you know, they start just saving money just because they feel they need to be doing things and you know, they don't deal with it and just let it keep going on. 
Yeah, it's uh, concerning when you don't make these decisions and you leave yourself open to problems. And that's the sticking your head in the sand, that ostrich mentality of not wanting to be, you know, affected by the decisions. But in a way, you are when you're when you're not making a choice and, and kind of keeping your head on a swivel for things that might be coming your way. And speaking about that, another version of sticking your head in the sand is when people just don't like talking about money in general. And this happens a lot between spouses, right, Scott, when they just one spouse just may not like the topic at all. And so it ends up being kind of a contention point eventually. Well, and that was the first thing that popped in my head again is that, you know, a lot of the times, first of all, whenever you're dealing with this and you're talking about that, both spouses need to be involved. And I see that when people come into the office where maybe I just have the husband comes in and he's like, oh, well, you know what? She doesn't want to deal with this. She doesn't like getting involved with this stuff. So, you know, we'll just deal with it. And, you know, I certainly respect that and I understand that. But at the same time, it's very important to make sure that both spouses are involved whenever we're talking about it, whenever we're dealing with these different planning decisions, because number one, if, if something obviously happens to the husband, the, the wife in that situation, she would need to kind of know what was going on so that she can feel empowered to be able to make her own decisions. But again, it kind of comes back to that whole idea of what your thoughts were about money. You know, some people never really dealt with it a whole lot. They just saved money and just you know, they don't deal with it. And then inevitably they don't talk about it. And then it ends up being, you know, too late and you've missed different opportunities down the road. All great points. And last but not least, Scott, one other thing to mention here would be when there's a traumatic life event, this often paralyzes people as well, to use that term again, when they comes to making a financial decision. Although I think it can work in the opposite way too, right? I mean, sometimes people, there might be a traumatic event and it forces them to make hasty decisions when this is almost the opposite of what we've been saying the whole time, you know, get off the pot, make a decision. Sometimes it's best to actually pump the brakes. How do you walk people through situations when they have traumatic life events and need decisions to be made in the wake of those events? Well, you know, you actually made a very good point. It can go both ways. You can have people just make a knee-jerk reaction and and they they just say, I got to do something like this and end up doing the wrong thing or it wasn't thought out very well. Or, you know, the other side of the coin is they simply just wait too long and just don't deal with it. And then they lose out on different things or they get penalized. The examples are, you know, some things have deadlines. If you have a death of a spouse, for instance, or, or a death of a parent, you know, there's deadlines on times when you need to get things done. Like, for instance, uh, you know, an inherited IRA. You have to start taking those required minimum distributions the year after, you know, the IRA owner's death. So you need to, you can't wait two years and just let your know, mom's IRA sit there because then you're going to have penalties and all sorts of, of problems that pop up. So certain things are driven by time events that you need to make sure you're on the ball with and that you've talked to somebody about what your options are and when they need to be done. And then on that other side, you know, I think a lot of the times when I have the clients that have these traumatic life events and I talk to them, I say, you know, one of the first things you need to do is simply just take a breath, you know, let's take a breath, slow down, just kind of think this through. And here is what our options are. And these are the types of things we need to be looking at and just systematically start working through these things. It, it avoids that knee jerk reaction. And it also you know, gives them an opportunity to take advantage 
of any type of deadlines and other things that they can do. Well, Scott, it's all been helpful information on uh, today's show talking about this indecision problem and how we can make sure that we get unstuck when it comes to making the right financial choices. If somebody's feeling motivated today to get unstuck from a financial choice that maybe they have to make or needs to really even see what decisions that they need to make, maybe they don't even know the choices that are on the table yet because, again, they've been stuck on even beginning the process. What's the beginning of that process look like? How do you help people get unstuck? Well, you know, our process is designed to really eliminate some of the these indecision making and roadblocks. And every plan that we do is custom. So when someone comes in and, you know, maybe they've, you know, they're worried about one thing or another and they're haven't made decisions on one thing or another, you know, our process is designed that we're going to take your comfort level into account. And we're going to design everything so we can still get you to your goals. But maybe we take a little bit of different approach because, you know, some of these decisions are you don't really want to make. We're going to help you walk through that. We're going to show you the logic behind that because every one of our plans we do, we co-design with you. So it's not like we just go in the back secret room and figure out all this stuff and come back and tell you it's exactly what you need to do. When I sit down with my clients, we work together to come up with the plans and the strategies, and then you can understand the logic behind why we're doing it, and it makes it feel a little bit you're more comfortable about making these decisions because you understand why they need to be made. And I think the biggest thing is you know, that we're fiduciaries, so we have your interest at heart. We're not trying to sell you one product or another, and I think that's one of the most important aspects here is that we're on your side. We sit on the same side of the table. We figure this out together. And that helps you feel more comfortable when you get stuck on some of these financial decisions that that you're making the right decision and we can move you ahead to your retirement goals. If you would like to talk to Scott about something that's on your mind when it comes to your financial life, it's very easy. Go to talktoscott.com. Schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or a computer very easily that way. Talktoscott.com is the website to go to. Or you can dial in 888-742-0111. Call the office that way and talk to Scott as well. 888-742-0111. Your options to get in touch. Talk with Scott Searles about what's going on in your financial life and how he can help you get unstuck from a financial decision that you need to maybe make here in the near or even in the distant future. It's never too early to start the planning process. That's something we've certainly learned over time. Great show today, Scott. Thank you for all of the help on the program and for introducing us to goat yoga, first of all, to begin the show today. That was a lot of fun. Did not know that we were going to have a conversation about goats and yoga when we got a, a question about a stretch IRA at the beginning of the show. And hopefully some of the information that we've covered on today's program helps you get unstuck from a financial decision that you might be you know, having an issue with or having a problem with. And we hope that information was helpful for you. If you think this information will be helpful for a friend, feel free to share Share this episode with them. One of the many ways you can copy and paste the URL or link. Tell them how to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just share the episode with them so that they can get some of the helpful guidance that we provide here on the program each and every time on the Retirement Toolbox. Thanks for joining us. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Sorholt. We'll talk to you on the next podcast. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.